Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most biased podcast network. Welcome to How Goods Footy, a weekly AFL podcast where we ask the most important sporting question of all. I'm Carney. I'm Tom. And I'm Dusha. Boys, how good's footy? Sean, commiserations, but footy's very fucking good this week. Well done, Tom. I'm happy for you. Sean, I can say without any fear on upsetting you or on my life. Uh, yeah, footy's good. I'm happy for you too. I was saying just before uh, we started recording today that like Essendon's probably like one, maybe two wins away from my lid being well and truly off. And that's a dangerous territory. My lid hasn't been off since like 2001. Fuck. <laughs> 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 Now, that's, that's when it closed. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. The lid was the off and he day. got slammed Bam. shot. M- Michael Voss shut it down from the <laughs> Big pocket. gloved hand just pushed it closed. Mm. Yeah. Climbed on <laughs> yeah, top of so it. I've been living like a lid, lidded lifestyle since then. And I just can't remember what it was like to have no lid. And Mate, boys, I'm frightened. You're going to be lidless. <laughs> I will be absolutely lidless. That's how Tom lives that- every, every year. He just <laughs> assumes it's going to happen. Yeah, it's it's true. I just every year I roll in and I throw the lid off at the start of the year because I'm optimistic because my glass is always half full. He's I'm got scared. lids, he's got I'm... windows, he's got it all. Yeah. <laughs> I throw the lid through the window. I do it in one hit, and then usually, what's happened the last few years is the preliminary final at about eleven o'clock at night. I have to go out through the broken window and pull the lid back in and try to prop it in the broken window's place until next yeah. year when I punch the lid in the window out again. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's been a big week in footy, and not necessarily because the games were huge, but because our inbox, boys, it fucking exploded. Every single person listening to this show basically emailed in. We've got Good. double emails. We've got threats. We've got people that have done the maths. <laughs> we've got it all. So ah. the structure of this week, we're going to do something a little different. So we'll talk about the Thursday night game because that affects both of you. We'll then talk about the Essendon game, because that affects me. And again, the lid's coming off. It's like, like imagine like a kettle boiling, but there's a yeah. lid on the kettle and the lid's rattling. 
you're, you're boiling like water for pasta and you put a lid on top so it yeah. boils quicker and that lid's starting to go bubbling and the steam's coming yeah, out. Yeah, it's fucked. And then what we're going to do, we're going to go straight to the inbox and anytime someone mentions a game, we're going to talk about that. Great. How good's footy? The people's choice. It's the people's choice episode. <laughs> it's round six, the people's choice. Right. SCG, Thursday night. Let's do this. Whew. Okay. Sean, do you want to... Oh. Do you want to start, mate? Are you okay? No, I'm okay. Good. I I'm not used to Thursday night footy as a Brisbane man, so normally you're immediately um, shaken. I'm, yeah, I was already rattled. I was always like, "What is this? <laughs> Why? Like, am I still am I still allowed to be angry all weekend? Or does that pass? <laughs> no, you can't. Oh, I managed to pull it off. <laughs> 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 uh, you um, had the um the uh, rare feeling of going to work on Friday furious. That's oh, new. Yeah. yeah, and we got a um we got a delivery guy that comes and he's a such a huge Geelong fan. Oh. I think I was telling you guys about him. He's got yeah. like the Geelong hat, the jumper, he's got these Geelong socks on, but he's the sweetest man because I was I was all ready. I was like, well done, mate. Um congratulations. <laughs> and he was just like, Oh mate, you'll do it next time, don't you worry. He's just oh, so nice. See, it was oh, that's good. So, like, how how good's footy? How can you stay angry at Geelong? How can you, you stay angry? I can only stay angry if I lose to Port Adelaide or Collingwood. It's true. <laughs> the rest is just like move on with life, mate. Because that's I'm happy that's, for you, a, that's an indictment on your character when you lose to either of those two teams. I also have to um, tip my hat to Mr. Thomas Reed here because if the shoe was on the other foot, oh, man, like he's <laughs> he's very good. At immediately being like, no, you're an angry psycho when you watch footy. I understand. We're still mates. Because, geez, I would have said... I reckon I said some things on Thursday. I was, you did. Threats were flying. You I don't know if I threatened you, Tom, but I definitely, I definitely threatened half of the Geelong team at one point. Maybe um, all of them. You sent me a message about halfway through the coverage that was just, Tom, I've had a think. I've got some anger problems. I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, remember that. I blacked out. <laughs> Prior to that, at 8.15 on Thursday night, I got, I hate Geelong so much right now, more than I ever have. I hope every player drops dead on the field. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I would have also, Tom, I didn't tell you this. Early in the game, Brisbane was so switched on that I thought, ah, oh, we're going to win the premiership. This is ridiculous. We are fucking flying here. Sure. I messaged, I messaged Joel, and I mess. He wasn't the only one I messaged, and I was like, <laughs> I reckon it's. I said, I reckon it's over. Can I, <laughs> I say the game? <laughs> I was watching now because I'm me. I never ever give yeah. up hope because I've seen us come from you know six goals back, and even even in the last quarter, we could be ten goals down, kick the first goal, and I'll be like, we might be on here. Um, <laughs> but I have to admit. When Neil rolled that one through, I thought, oh, fuck, they're all over us. They are ripping this defence apart. We're getting smashed in the middle. They're, they're all over us. They are cooking with gas tonight. I'm, I'm nervous. And well, the umpires were getting me stressed too because they kept – did you notice on Thursday for both sides there was a lot of play on not 15? Oh, heaps for you guys. Like a lot of kicks that looked the journey weren't. To be honest, any time there's a short kick, I'm always like, play on, mate. That's not 15. But that's just my bias coming through. It happened to Geelong a lot. <laughs> Honestly, did. Tom, when Brisbane, when Lockie Neal kicked that goal and we got up by, I think we're up by four goals. Yeah. I honestly thought Geelong were dead in the water. Brisbane looked so good. Like, I've never seen a team be so dominant. And Brisbane, they missed a few shots too. They should have been up by more. But then in that third quarter, 
you guys just completely flipped it. It was one of the best quarters you've probably ever played. Brisbane looks shit house. This is this is probably one of the best wins I've seen us play as a team for a, for a probably for a while. Just because you got to factor in that at quarter time we were down Mitch Duncan and Narkel, so we were down two yeah. midfielders up against Brisbane, who boast a very deep fucking midfield with some absolute jets. Um, so I'm thinking, fuck, this is I'm I'm worried, and like Narkel is a good player. But he's not Mitch Duncan, who is an elite ball user and is probably one of our best five players by easy. Like, if yeah. you had to pick your top five Geelong players, he's probably in that, that mix. No, no worries. Tom um, and Sean, uh, I found the exact moment that Geelong turned it on because Geelong kicked a goal and I got... I just fucking screamed at my TV. I shook the foundations of my suburb. I'll kill Tom. <laughs> Was that all one message? No. Now, I think the me screaming at the TV was Lockie Neal kicking the goal. Oh wait, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yes, yeah. it was. Sorry, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't compose that message very well to you, Duship. Me screaming at the TV, I was fucking pumped because Geelong uh, wait, no. were on their knees. They had no half their bench was gone. I thought we're going to run over the top. of Sorry, them. my mistake. Then, I should yeah. have read my messages because I said, "God, I loved Danger copying it," which was exactly what <laughs> happened after Lockie Neal kicked that goal. It was interesting though, like. Because basically Neil kicked that goal and then towards the late late in the quarter, a bit of Gary Ablett magic set up two more goals. And then from that point, we kicked the next nine in a row. I want to talk about Gary Ablett in a minute, but I just want to back to your point, Tom, of it's one of the better team wins you've had. Yeah. It is such a weird game though, because Brisbane beat you in three quarters of the game. Like Brisbane one scored you-, you in the first, second, and fourth quarter, and then yep. have still lost the game by five goals. Such was so, so good was that third quarter. It's fucking insane. It was like they went in at half time, and Dangerfield and Selwood sat down away from everybody else, and was like, Do you want, "Let's fucking go." Like, but I'll tell you, Tom. One reason why I'm not like I'm not sold on Geelong yet, even though they were so impressive in that third quarter, and it's because they allowed what happened in the second quarter to happen. Like Correct. They looked, they looked Correct. like a bottom team for a probably 10 to 15-minute patch in that second quarter. And then Brisbane did the exact same thing in the third quarter and looked like absolute shit. And we've seen it last week. Port Adelaide's been dominant so far this year. They yep. probably just had a absolutely shithouse second quarter against Brisbane last week. It's a, it's a, fucked, it's a cooked year. It is. It's, and that's, that's what I mean. Like Watching this game, I was watching that second quarter being like, oh, no, we're going to do what we did to Carlton, where basically that Carlton game, we didn't play for a half a footy and came out strong and had a massive fourth quarter and almost won. It's that, that thing of like it, teams have these lapses and then it, m- momentum is always big in footy, but I think this season it's even bigger. But, yeah, that, that third quarter, it, it, was, it was like because they knew they were two players down, everyone – just lifted like Blitzarv's played probably his best game of the year, um, and he didn't have a lot of the ball, but he just he played on Cameron, he played on Hipwood, he played on Gardner, he pushed up the ground, he set up that Ablett goal from fifty five that was fucking juicy as fuck. Let's talk about Ablett. All right, I was going to well, we'll do that in two seconds. I'll jump in this before I yep. forget the point I was going to make. And at the other end of the ground, I thought Hawkins played a really smart game on Andrews. By just playing up the ground every time he could, just getting out of that forward 50. So Andrews had to go to someone else. And then by the yeah. time Hawkins could float back and, you know, run around a bit. Annoyed at the Brisbane back line, which I still think is 
one of the flakier parts of the side. But then I'm looking at that third quarter and I'm like, well, no, it's the midfield. Like, what chance do the back line have? Like, Tom Hawkins is elite. Harris Andrews is going to struggle if our midfield aren't even running and Geelong just whip it out and kick it straight in. Andrews yep. is in his element when the ball's coming in under pressure and yep. then he can just jump over the top and chop it out. There was none of that. That third quarter was like fucking witches' hats. And Chris Scott acknowledged that in his press conference at the end. He said, you know, Hawkins had a good game. He said, but there were times when Andrews outmarked him and he had no right to. Like, Chris Scott, I think, rates Andrews very, very highly. Oh, he would because de- Scotty was a defender himself. He knows. Oh, yeah. He's got a soft spot tough. for Brisbane, Scotty. Oh, you just know. He's got a little oh, soft definitely. spot for Brisbane. Loves him. Oh, yeah. Um, Fags was really good in his post-match as well. He, You can tell that he's a, like got a teaching background because he was just like, um, didn't see that coming. But he's like, well, <laughs> hopefully we're going to learn so much from that third quarter. He's just like, yeah. I don't know, he takes it all in. You can tell behind the scenes he's pretty fucking angry at what happened. Yeah, but he can. He can also see that Geelong had their dominant period and put on seven goals. Brisbane had their dominant period and put on four goals and probably kicked three or four behinds. So there was yeah. a, it was a similar sort of thing. And Brisbane just as they have done all year didn't kick straight and didn't put just enough pressure on the scoreboard. It's a bit frustrating. Gary Ablett, Tom. Yeah, I was going to say the other thing you you didn't have was you didn't have Gary Ablett feeding your forwards. Ah, uh, he's he's bloody beautiful. Can I put this to you? We've talked a lot about some problematic commentary teams out there and everything. Yep. I'll tell you someone who I think has he's, he's had enough, I think. Who? Bruce. Yeah. Oh. There's a lot of things that he's doing there. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, mate? I love you, but what are you doing? He was like pretty critical. I think the whole team were of Gary Ablett. They're like, oh, the little champ's down. He's not down. He's a forward. Like some people still rate him as a midfielder, and they're like, "Oh, you know, oh, he's not getting his thirty touches anymore." Oh, he should have been all Australian last year as a half forward. Yeah. yeah, and he may well be this year. He's still a fucking gun. He was one of the massive reasons why Geelong won. Oh, absolutely. Here's the thing: at one point, uh, we kicked five or six goals, and he was involved in all of them. He either <laughs> directly passed the ball to the forward who had the set shot, or he kicked them. So he kicked our first yeah. goal. He kicked the ball to Menegola, who kicked that goal. He kicked the ball to Hawkins, who kicked that goal. Then he set up the goal to Rowan by giving it to Dangerfield. And then he kicked the goal from 55. He was involved in our first five plays. And they were criticizing him in the first quarter. I was like, there's been one goal scored by each team, and he's kicked one of them. I don't understand. And it was such a baffling commentary thing. I'm so tired of... It's a weekly thing now. Garibald gets the ball at 55 out and there's question marks on can he make the distance? And then every week he fucking does. It's not a difficult <laughs> thing for him to do. No. In fact, in fact, he's actually... The, the goal that I'm in my head that he's missed this year was one directly in front 25 metres out. Yep. He's nailed everything from outside 50. He's, he's got to be easily... Like, this is the thing, and I guess this is, I guess... People are talking about best players of all time and great players of modern era and stuff. The fact that he's been able to move out of that on-ball role and to sacrifice getting the 30 possessions every week, which he, you know, if he wanted to, he probably could still get high 20 possessions, right, on the ball. Yeah. But his role in that half forward, his role is that conduit between the midfield to the forwards. Like, they don't have you don't have to do anything. If you're Tom Hawkins or Gary Rowan and you see Ablett streaming forward with the ball, you just go wherever you think you need to be. He will get the ball to you. He's yeah. that good, and I think he lifts other players up to his level as well. Brisbane didn't have a matchup for him. 
No. Well, no. I mean, because he's hard to match up on. Because he'll take you deep and kick a goal on you if you put a if you put someone quick on him or a midfielder on him. It's he's a hard matchup, which is good for yeah. me. <laughs> um, but I want to talk about. Well, I'm going to talk about two players very quickly. Uh, one is a player who I have routinely criticised on this podcast, um, but over the last three weeks has been very good and I think is benefiting from no Tim Kelly in the side, which is really weird, and that's Menegola. Yeah. He had a big, big game this week on the wing. I think he had 24, 25 touches. Had a big game the week before. Kicked a couple of goals as well. He's playing more on the ball because Kelly's not there, so he's back in that midfield rotation where he's sort of playing high half forward last year and he got a bit lost. Mm. Um, and I always thought he was slow, and he is slow, but what he does now is he's slow and then he makes the right choice where he used to be slow and then handball it to a guy under more pressure. He's now doing that thing where he'll slow down, go, oh, there's the better option, and kick it out to that person's advantage. Nice. And the other player I want to talk about is a man who hadn't played for 700 days and then had the most possessions on the ground, and that is young Sam Simpson, who uh, looks like he's been in the gym a bit and is bulked up um, since he was being made fun of for looking like an Oz kicker. So pretty happy with him coming out there as well. It was very nice. That's good, Tom. Uh, the player I wanted to talk about is I just wanted to get your thoughts on what Gary Rowan had to eat before the game and why did it make him so fucking angry and uh, the biggest thug on the ground? I don't know, but can he have it every week? No. He was fucking good. Play, he gave oh. like three free kicks in the first quarter. Yeah, and then in the third he- quarter, he was a, he was on fire. He, Tom. He drank about 700 litres of the same cordial as his hair colour, the stupid cunt. I hated him. He's the one I wanted to die more than anybody. He's the one you wanted to die, yeah. yeah. I think he got to the SCG and he got angry because he was like, I don't want to be playing for Sydney anymore, and he forgot that he was playing for Geelong. <laughs> uh, he did play well, but that first 10 minutes, he just needed to call his bloody Jets. Although, I will say this. I will say this. That free kick where he hit Starsevic in the head, Starsevic put a fair bit of mayonnaise on that. The replay showed that he got... Nowhere near him. And it was the report, the that one that true? got thrown out. No, the report. He got him. Nah. So he got reported yeah, he for Starsevich, but not for Leicester. But he's he saying he made no contact. He barely he like barely made any contact, and his eyes are on the ball the whole contact. time. Eyes are on the ball the whole time. He made contact. I'm surprised. He made contact, Tom. It was a free kick. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a report. Hey, uh, Dusha, what's the next game, pal? So we're just going to jump straight to the Essendant North Melbourne game where... <sighs> Uh, Judo currently being in footy jail. Uh, all footy is resuming, but Victoria isn't allowed to go, and we're not allowed to see each other. Meaning that my Essendon supporting friends and North Melbourne supporting friends all watch this together over Zoom. And uh, <laughs> tell you what, it was getting fiery, especially because it, like it was wet and the ground just went to shit immediately. And- Did anyone notice that a lot of the grounds looked like absolute dog shit over the weekend? In particular, Giant Stadium and Metricon. I've noticed it all year. Giant Stadium hasn't been used a heap, and it looks like it's been gouged with a giant claw machine. Well, at Metricon, anytime a player tried to bounce the ball in the middle of the ground, the ball would just stop dead in its tracks. It happened to both teams like three times in a row in the space of five minutes. Just running through the corridor. Tropical up there. (laughs) Running through the (laughs) corridor. I can't remember who did it for North Melbourne, but Devin Smith definitely did it. He took on a North Melbourne player, like broke free, then went to bounce the ball. The ball just didn't come back up. (laughs) <laughs> just like went straight <laughs> into the mud. <laughs> Do you know what's happened? What basically the whole ground's been compacted by the four week display of Matty Rowell just tearing it up in the middle there. Yeah. Now that he's not playing, it'll 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 have time to get back to normal. Yeah, I think what's happening is it's just a lot of grounds that are not 
used to having four games a weekend being played on them, plus training, just absolutely fucking copping it. Sometimes two a day. Do you reckon the grass is really soft because all the Gold Coast Suns players are just coming every time Rao does something? <laughs> it's a bit of fertilizer. Yes. Well, and then this week it was like, okay, this week the ground, grass will be fine, Rao's out injured, and then Rankin makes his debut and fucking they're coming all over the place again. <laughs> that was big. <laughs> yeah, it was. Speaking of things absolutely copping it, though, uh, behinds in fucking the North Melbourne Essendon game, uh, neither team wanted to kick a goal for a while, uh, which was both infuriating and on brand. Going into quarter time at two goals five, playing three goals four. Not too bad, but then when you get to the halftime score in Essendon's kicked five goals 11, and North Melbourne is, like, absolutely coming for us, I'm like, oh yeah, sweet, a goal or two or three would be nice. Um, yeah, that was stressful, but that's alright, because we just got it done. And it was really wet on the ground by the looks of things, like, it wasn't just Essendon kicking like shit. I mean, North Melbourne ended the game with seven goals 11 as well. North Melbourne, just quickly, uh... Mm have looked the goods in a few games here and there, but all of a sudden they've lost four in the four in a row. Uh, yeah. Reese's head out of ideas. Yeah, well... He did a COVID test. They, that's what happened. They did a COVID <laughs> test. They went too far, pulled his ideas out. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, Do you reckon he requested that North Hub in Queensland because he wants to get tropical? <laughs> He's trying to grow the ideas back. <laughs> He's got to try. He's got to try something. Yeah, well... North North's big issue was the fact they couldn't take a fucking mark in their forward fifty. There's been there's been a bit of that with with teams I've noticed where like uh, teams will have like patches, and I think Brisbane had this a bit where you were going forward and it was just being marked by our defenders. Port Adelaide had that against the Giants. They could not get like they were winning all of the ball, couldn't get past Phil Davis and Nick Haynes. Like it's weird that that's happening to teams where they're winning these inside fifties and just not getting any results for it. Mm. Well, mm. Essendon scored 34 of their 67 points from clearing it from the back line to then just go just go coast to coast. That's pretty good. I wonder if that's normal though for Essendon. We are a pretty like defensive clearing side. Mm. Cuz you've got, you know, Sard and McKenna and all the guns running it out and Fuck, Sard looked so good again. How professional. Ah. Uh. He could have any job in the world. Mr. Business. <laughs> oh, can um, we start calling him the businessman? Yeah, absolutely. Or even just... The business. <laughs> the business. Saad Sa- the Professional is pretty good. Saad the Professional is good. <laughs> it, it's got movie references as well, which is nice because you love film. One player that played really, really well that I just <laughs> like loved to see was Ridley. He had a fucking flyer of a game. If I was an Essendon supporter... He would be the player that I would be getting a badge and a number of on my back because I fucking love him. He's a jet. The other thing I love about him is, speaking of businessmen, he looks like a chartered accountant. He does not look like a footballer. If you look at him, if you saw him in the street and he wasn't in football gear or anything like that, if he was in, a, if he was rocking up to like the tribunal in a suit and you saw him in that, you'd be like, oh, there's one of the lawyers for the, for the Essendon player. So do you think that him and Saad are the reason our backline is so strong at the moment? A lot of trading of ideas, uh, buying a lot of marks and selling a lot of turnovers, just getting rid of it. Uh, they know which stocks to follow. They're just getting I, it done. I think what I think is happening here is that you've stabilized the backline. So you've basically got McKenna and yep. you've got Hooker 
who are mm. loose fucking units. We've got our cunts. You, you can say it. You've got you've got your cunts, all right? Yep. And then on this side of the Venn diagram, you've got the businessmen. So you've got yep. Jordan Ridley and Saad. And then the bit in the middle is the cunts businessman, the dad, <laughs> Michael Hurley. Oh, he is a big dad of the back line. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like having a coach who was an awesome backman is helping Essendon now. Yeah. It is almost like that. It's like and that, let's call him the coach because that's what he is. It's like he's the well, coach. I noticed it heaps during the uh, TV um, transmission. <laughs> what am I saying? Broadcast TV transmission. <laughs> Welcome to the 1940s. My name's Jal Dusha. I love the football and the war. <laughs> um, during the broadcast, they didn't even like no attempts were made to even. They didn't care where Wusher was because they were like, Essen's got a new yeah. coach and his name is Ben Rotten, <laughs> aka Truck. So, will you be changing from freight train to freight truck? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Uh, Essendon. The Essendon freight truck. Whilst still only winning by the smallest of margins, they're holding on because usually when we get on runs like this, we just like fuck it for ourselves eventually or we kind of get lucky wins. One thing that Essendon have done in this game also that I think will come in handy is the fact that I think the entire team decided that they needed to lift David Zaharakis, who hasn't played shockingly, but just has been nowhere near his best. And they're like, you know what, mate? Have three goals tonight. Go on. Treat yourself. He was good. And one absolute ripper. Yeah. Oh. Did you see what he won? What did he win? He won a Bravia, boy. Oh. He won the big TV. Yes. <laughs> hey. Did they ask him where he was going to put it? Three times? <laughs> Yep. Yeah. What did he say? They, um, Lounge room. He just, I uh, just, he just mentioned that you know, uh, his housemates will be more excited than he was. About oh wait, it. I did see I mean, that. Like, oh yeah, oh who who you living with? And I think they assumed it was players, but he was just named like, oh you know, um, Tomo, Ando, and um, and Bob or something like that. Like just <laughs> like, some randoms imagine, that he lives with. <laughs> imagine being asked the question, "Who do you live with?" Because the assumption is you live with other footballers, and you don't, so you <laughs> name them anyway. <laughs> that's kind of a baller move I I saw a part of the post-match interview um, and he seemed like real happy I missed the start he was clearly very happy because he just won a fucking huge TV but yeah hearing him talk about his housemates he was just wrapped he had the vibe of a man who was like oh they're going to be watching this and they'll love that I've mentioned them by name (laughs) but yeah like I was saying even though this wasn't like the biggest win in the world and it was against North Melbourne who have now lost four in a row that lid it's getting a bit loose you know what I'm looking forward to, Dusha? As that as that boiling pot is boiling away, I'm looking forward to when you lift the lid off and you start cooking some flag sketty. <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Right. So now we've hit the People's Choice segment of the show, Tom. So do you have a quick question for me? I do, uh, Dusha. Do we have a fuckload of emails? Tom, I'm fucking drowning in them over here. Uh, lucky we're not in the studio today because you'd be all fucked as well. But instead, it just filled my entire house. I'm standing at the door being like, no post on Sundays or some shit. And my fucking house is just filling with letters. <laughs> Jesus. <clears throat> right. First email of the week came in from Nadia. Hey, footy legends. Congratulations on the roast Trinity. I bet you it tasted extra good with one of the wins being against Collingwood. Nadia, it absolutely did. We got extra gravy because of that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'd almost forgotten how good footy is to play. After three years in Europe, it was amazing to see the impact the AFLW and youth girls footy has had on local women's footy, having just rejoined my club in Canberra. With the ease restrictions, we had an intra-club with only four new-to-footy girls. This would have been unheard of when we were barely scraping together a single team back in the day. There's a rumor that we had to forfeit a grand final because we didn't have enough fit eligible players, but that was a bit before oh. my time. Oh, fuck. Personally, I'm loving this de-Victorianization of football for the next few rounds. Considering Rewalt didn't play a single game outside the MCG last year or whatever ridiculous stat that was. Hopefully the AFLW Giants girls who work at the Giants Stadium have that ground holding up well for two games in a weekend. Love your enthusiasm and socially responsible recordings from home. Nadia. Thanks, Mike. Look, uh, Nadia, the Giants girls may need to lift a little bit. Um, <laughs> Giants ground... stadium looks like a show grant. I'm waiting for them to bring out a cow and do a lap. <laughs> <laughs> it's no good, Nadia. You need to have a word of them, Nadia. You need to. You can still travel from Canberra. We can't go anywhere in Victoria, but you can get down to Giants Stadium and you can rally together people to make that ground look beautiful again. Boys, next email. This email doesn't make a link to something last week, but it does tie into an email we got last week through accident. Dearest footy professors, I come to you in a panic, fearing that I might accidentally have become a TC. So standard email behavior currently. I found footy through the AFL and have adopted North Melbourne as my team. However, I've recently found out about the British AFL and that my team from Clapham, as they are the nearest team to me, Have the same branding as the Melbourne Demons. Am I a TC? And if so, who do I betray? Big love from John from Clapham. Well, John, apparently... Jesus. You've got permission to TC because fuck the Clapham Demons, as we've discussed last week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't be going for the Clapham Demons. They're no good, apparently. They're just... Was it Luke last week? Yeah, Yeah, Luke. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he hates him. Luke will guide you, right? Ignore your British heritage. North Melbourne. We have. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off, Clapham. 
Man, can you, can you, are you looking forward to this This podcast is getting to someone in Clapham and all of a sudden an entire town hates us? <laughs> well, they love us. I cannot wait to become right. infamous in the town of Clapham. We can't go there. We're banned from the pubs, the shops. Our photos are up in all the do not let these men in town. <laughs> good. That would be fucking good. This one's from Alex or Alexander, as they side themselves off as. I was a little too informal there. Sorry, Alexander. I'll... Try to maintain my professionalism in the future. Hey, mate, try and be a bit more like Saad. (laughs) (laughs) I need a briefcase. Need to take a briefcase to my recordings. Fuck, I'm so excited for him to rock up to the next game, not in footy socks, but in business socks with a little tie. (laughs) And he runs, like, picks up the footy, puts it in a briefcase and just takes off. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I think we should get three Haggard's footy briefcases. I just love when he when he gets to just outside our forward fifty, he just opens the briefcase and the ball just flies forward. <laughs> the, my favorite thing about Saad as a defender is he he also loves to just sneak forward and just have a shot at goal. Like he's not yeah, afraid from of 50. it. Oh, from fifty. Oh, yeah, and he, yeah. but he's run yeah. from the defensive fifty. He's taken seven bounces and he's just like one. He's like, I took it all the way here. I might as well ping it. <laughs> Done these taxes. Anyway, Alexander's email, uh, the subject is an in-depth and considered analytical breakdown of the problems of the Adelaide Crows featuring facts and logic. Dear footy professors. Next email. First time writing to you, lads. (laughs) (laughs) Only discovered the show this season, and even if you hate my team, it's still a delight listening to a few guys who actually know how good footy is. Given your infamous loathing for the Adelaide Crows... And as a longtime supporter of the club myself, I'm extremely grateful to you guys for offering to set up a support hotline for us supporters at the moment. <laughs> I've forgotten about that. Proceed. <laughs> Read this. That email. being this said, <laughs> I am also furious at all of you and your biased reporting for failing to cover the most pressing issue facing our club. Simply put, our players have the worst, most boring haircuts in the entire league. Ooh. Tex has gone from the AFL's premier captain and legend with a mullet to a struggling forward who needs sunglasses. (laughs) Sloane's locks seem a little less luscious every year. Even Gibbs lost the man bun. And where is he now? Legitimate question, since nobody knows or cares. Not even Gibbs, seemingly. (laughs) Calling it now. Until we have half a dozen players with the most l- ludicrous mullets, mustaches, man buns, and mohawks, the Adelaide Crows will be a trash AFL team. Send us supporters help and support, and send the team a fucking mental hairdresser, <laughs> and we can get through this together. If we beat the Eagles this weekend, brilliant. If not, I will likely choke to death on yet another meal of dry toast, and you'll lose a listener as suddenly as you gained him. <laughs> Up the crows and long live insane haircuts. Cheers, Alexander. So sad that Alexander's dead. <laughs> yeah, that is sad. It was a good email. <laughs> yeah. This is this is big. Can like considering I'm just gonna go just looking at the if you look at the top four right now, Port Adelaide, there's some wild fucking hair going on there. Geelong, there's some pretty cooked hair there. Brisbane, what have what have you got in terms of hair? Uh I mean, Cam Rayner normally does something fucked. Robbo's the actual hairdresser for half the team. Hipwood's got a, ma- a ponytail, doesn't he? Yeah, Hipwood's got some dumb shit going on. Robbo's <laughs> hair's usually cooked. Charlie Cameron's normally rocking a, a big, juicy mo. Jared Berry looks like an, a, an 80s matinee idol. 
Yep. Harris Andrews has got dad hair. It's all happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then fourth, you've got the Bombers, and they've got Ham. Uh, <laughs> who has... Phew. Also, Saad, obviously, dressed to impress, always. He's got a very big beard. Upside down, man. Like the <laughs> Yeah, upside down face. And Max Gorn. It's yes. a good look. Good players have the upside down look. Joey Danaher with a mo. Ah, oh, Dylan Scheel has the oh. worst hair in the AFL. It's just disgusting. He uh, got the man bond memo about four years too late. Um, and, and since and you're missing you're missing a player who uh, loves a well not he doesn't have it at the moment but you've got a player who loves a fresh cut in uh, Arazio. Oh, and uh, fucking Zaharakis had dog shit hair a week or two ago as well. He had like a dusty cut going on. It's not much better this week. Tipper's got great hair. Yep. So you know Adelaide need to lift. So uh, speaking of Adelaide, they did lose to West Coast uh, and. There's only one it, thing in this game worth talking about, and that's Riley O'Brien and, and Nick Nat. Oh, <laughs> Nick Nat doing so, two of the best things ever. Sean, you take point here. So for people who don't know, Riley O'Brien accidentally tweeted out um, some notes that he'd written in his phone, and they were notes to psych himself up for his matchup with Nick Nat in, in the ruck battle on the weekend. They were pretty bad. They were basically saying that Nick Nat is lazy um, and that he can smash him, basically. But yeah. he owned up to it straight away. He said, geez, I've had an absolute nightmare here. Um, <laughs> I respect Nick Nat. I'm just going to have to like come out and just play well on the weekend. And he did. He played pretty well. Yep. But Nick Nat kicked that early goal and just pointed straight oh. at him. And oh, <laughs> it was good theatre. But then, Tom, did something amazing happen at the end? Oh, and then to continue the drama and the melodrama, the wrestling vibe of the footy that we love, uh, the the reason O'Brien claims that his notes got tweeted was that his phone's broken and he actually saw a photo of him with a pretty munted up looking phone. Fuck. Uh, so Nick Nat, at the end of the game, has taken Harry Taylor's ham, gone <laughs> next level, and has provided Riley O'Brien a brand new phone still in the box on the ground. <laughs> uh, Nick Nat Nick said, Nat said that it he- was better than his phone. Yep. Um <laughs> Did you see Narrowly Meadows' tweet? She goes, the only thing that would have made this better is if Nick Nat had it in his sock the whole game, like <laughs> Harry. <laughs> um, it's also worth, worth saying that Nick Nat loved it, but then was like, I hope that I haven't encouraged more sledging towards me, thinking they'll get nice phones. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a one-off. Yeah. Well, Nick Nat seemed pretty happy with everything as well, so everyone everyone had a good time there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Next email, and this is from Josh. Boys, I'm hurting. Melbourne are seemingly determined to destroy most weekends of football, and it's painful. Dusha said it best and echoed my screaming when he said, For fuck's sake, play Mitch Brown. No forward (laughs) options. We should drop Malksham and McDonald. I think we have some right pieces with guys like The Tractor, Gorney, and Oliver in the mid, which makes it more than frustrating when we continually can't convert. Hannon kicking three was beautiful. If there's one thing Haggard's footy have taught me, it's to keep backing the boys, unless it's Collingwood. If you have any coping strategies, please share them. You boys are three of the best. Thanks, Josh. P.S. If Ross Lyon becomes coach for Melbourne, can I please have your blessing to abandon ship? Sent from my iPhone. <laughs> yes. Yes, you yes. can. Uh, also, hey, you got to win. Well done. Yeah. Now, Mitch Brown might actually come in because Tom McDonald lost an eye, basically. Uh, so, Brown might get a call-up, maybe. Probably not, though. 
yeah, something seems up with Mitch Brown. Like the fact that they haven't, we haven't heard anything from him since the season came back. So I don't know if something's happened or what's going on. Is he in the hub? Did he go with him? I don't know. That's what I mean. Like, as in, I've looked into it and I'm getting no answers, which is worrying. Silence is never a good answer. There's a lot of young players at Melbourne. That means a lot of mums around the scene. Uh, he might be busy. <laughs> he might have annoyed He might have annoyed the wrong person. <laughs> Such is his way. I hooked up with the wrong mum. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about, if we're, if we're talking about the Melbourne game here, this is our Melbourne email. Yep. Uh, and they had the win. Two big things from this game. First of all, Harley Bennell got a goal, and I've never seen a bunch of people happier for a man to kick a goal than Harley Bennell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was one. awesome. Uh, and then another guy kicked a goal, his first goal for his club too, and uh, then he kicked two more, and the first <laughs> one he kicked was absolutely fucked. And the, the swagger on this 19-year-old with blonde hair is off the chain. Sorry, I've, I've become distracted because we've just had – a very hot email land in the inbox. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I think we should read it out immediately. <laughs> oh, sorry. We'll get back to this game, Tom. <laughs> okay, yeah, what's up? So, we've got an email coming in. Subject, the contest. Uh, we got this zero minutes ago, so it's come in red hot during the episode recording. G'day, boys. Five-minute listener, long-time loathed heckler of the Geelong Football Club here. <laughs> you probably think I'm here to discuss Charlie Loves Murders Dixon and his enormous dick. Not so. <laughs> However, he is going very nicely. Oh, Tom, I should probably mention this is from Jacob, your brother. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps it's the incredible top four we currently have, in brackets, in a fairly decent order. But you'd be wrong again. <laughs> It's also not to talk about AFL Life members' newest inductee, Carney's favourite OGTC, old testicle head himself, over-emotional but trying to keep it subtle dad, Ken Hinkley. <laughs> that is a very good description of Ken Hinkley, Sean, yeah. and I don't know why you're not on board with that. He's an overly emotional dad who can't keep it together. That's <laughs> very good. Still a cunt, though. Honourable mentions for this email go to Kane Farrell's left leg Carl Armand's left leg Hartlett's left leg and probably also Mackenzie's left too and DBJ's mullet and of course Charlie Big Dick Dixon for having a large penis but (laughs) now to the point the subject line reads the contest let me cast your minds back in time to a date I don't remember and to an episode I probably didn't listen to Actually, this is one of the only ones I did. Discussing a certain wedding, my wedding, due in November 2020. Now, Carney and Dusha, I apologize. You still haven't nabbed the MC gig. However, there's one amongst your trio who is a very important, who has a very important role in the wedding as my best man. Big brother Thomas. It's true. I am the best man. Due to this role, Thomas was unable to fulfill his end of a bargain or a certain event come to fruition. However, I can now unfortunately slash fortunately reveal he can. The wedding has been postponed to November 2021. So, should Geelong win the 2020 flag, Thomas, I'm oiling up the clippers, getting out my Gillette Mark III Turbo, and giving you a Gary Ablett Jr. haircut. Bolder than your bald father. If Port don't get there, I pray it's the cats for their sole reason of seeing my own face in the reflective surface of your freshly shaved head. 
Up the pair. <laughs> Snaker breed. <laughs> oh, oh fuck. Far out. That is an incredible email. So, Tom. Oh. That is that is incredible. That's big news. <laughs> that is big news. I hadn't even I hadn't I knew obviously that it had been postponed, but I hadn't even considered that the ramifications <laughs> on my head. Imagine if you didn't know. And that was his way oh. of telling you. <laughs> I, I did think that Joel and I were going to get an invite then, but that didn't come. That'll oh, be later. Right. That'll be a follow-up email. Yeah, he'll be like, oh, by the way, boys, you're invited. Yeah. He just yeah, doesn't want to yeah. blow out the numbers too much yet because, like, That's 2021 true. whilst a far, like, still pretty far away, uncertain times, I understand. I've just got a text. It just says, I just sent How Good's Footy a tremendous email and it better get a fucking look in. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, it's the captain this week. Oh, man, that is huge. And, uh, boys, contest, it's alive and well. I am ready to be the shiniest fucker in November. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've got an email from Sienna, who sent us an incredibly accurate Venn diagram that I'm not going to wreck by reading out on here, but if you head to How Good's Footy, we've tweeted about it. Sienna also has a dilemma. She's fairly new to footy and don't know which team to go for. Her friends are strong Bulldog supporters. But I live pretty close to Brisbane. Uh, I also like the looks of Geelong and Sydney. Any opinions? That's all. Hope you're doing okay in Victoria, and I wish you all roast for the coming weeks. Sienna, get on Brisbane. Yeah, I was initially going to say go with your friends and get in on the dogs. But if you live near Brisbane, and Brisbane are an exciting team to watch, I think you'll have a good time following Brisbane. And you can go to games because, yeah. you know, they're allowing crowds in. So go to games um, and tell us how that feels because we won't this year. <laughs> Nah. Oh, fuck, it hurts. <laughs> yep. Nah, but yeah, go for Brisbane. That's my tip. If you are thinking about it, you can check out Geelong. I would recommend, Shut though, up, Tom. Out, of the, Shut out up. of the four options she gave us, now is not the time to get in on Sydney. No. Well, if Sydney was a stock, Adam Saad would be telling us to sell, 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 <laughs> sell. Get rid of it. His brief, his briefcase would remain firmly closed on Sydney. <laughs> oh, clamped shut like the window. He, he wouldn't even bring it to the meeting. That's yeah. a little respect he has for that organization currently. Ridley and Saad just call up. They're like, hey, sorry, we can't make it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, hey, Sienna, stick around because this next email from Ryan will probably help you decide on Brisbane too. Hello, high lords of football. I'm a new listener jumping on the bandwagon at the start of the year and I've ditched a lesser quality football podcast from my rotation to slot you boys in. And I am happy oh. with my choice. It is currently halfway through the second quarter of Geelong name and the and shame, Mighty Ryan, Lions. Name and shame. No, don't, mate. Don't have to do that. <laughs> and I know COVID footy is a, is a different kettle of fish, but I had truly forgotten how much I disliked Geelong. <laughs> it took eight minutes into the first quarter before I was well and truly over the arrogance of the Cats. Danger sucking at minor things. Soward bleeding from the mouth and not being sent off the ground for a blood rule. Rowan coming in late and clunking Brandon Stasevich and being surprised that his number was taken. Rowan putting his shoulder inside Frog Lester's face. is like It's like <laughs> kicking a poppy. Ah, uh, Froggy. Now it is six minutes to go in the second quarter and combined with the shot commentary. <laughs> graphic. <laughs> <laughs> My hatred of the cats is growing like Homer Simpson's urge to kill in the Treehouse of Horror 5. Specific Simpsons <laughs> reference. Yeah, very good. Beside my dislike for Geelong, what a ripper of a game so far. Khan the Lions, Ryan. Follow-up email. <laughs> oh, no, Well, Ryan. 
that sucked. Oh, well. Now I dislike Geelong even more because they're winners. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what you get for going early, Ryan. You, you, you've got you've to wait. Don't worry, Ryan. We all go early. The best of us. I messaged Dusha. I messaged my brother. I was shooting messages off left, right, and center. Sometimes it doesn't work out. No. <laughs> I love that you went that hard that early, Sean. Like, you're normally, you don't go early. You're a very good, you could be six goals up and be nervous. That's how impressive Brisbane were playing. So when they fell off a cliff, so did my dreams. <laughs> we got a, We got another follow-up email from last week. Um, the inbox this week is absolutely fucking firing. Well done, everyone. Uh, this is from Jacob. Subject, with regards to fighting my dad. hey footy professors i'm back from last week now a legal and proud richmond supporter unfortunately your suggestion to fight my dad has no legs because he literally has no leg right now and at this point i got scared but instead he says dad has had an acl surgery recently because he tried to ride a skateboard and fell off That is uh, the most dad injury, I think. <laughs> the only more dad injury than that is dad dislocating his shoulder, bowling fastballs on Christmas Day. Bowling spin. Yeah. <laughs> bowling. Popping bowling your shoulder. off spin bounces. <laughs> uh, Dad's also very unhappy with Carlton. Oh, I bet he's feeling a bit better. I reckon this win over the weekend probably cured his ACL. <laughs> he can walk now. Carlton he can ride miracle. a skateboard. Carton beating the dogs by 50 points when the dogs were coming back in the third quarter and had closed the gap to three goals. That was fucked. If you're a Carlton supporter, that last quarter of footy, you should be fucking fired up. Remember when Carlton couldn't score over 100 points and they hadn't yeah. for like three years? Yeah. They did it on the weekend with shortened quarters. It was massive. Yeah, it was fucked. Jacob Cop says- that, Bevo. <laughs> <Can't>. <laughs> Jacob says, I've had a few beers to celebrate Richmond's win over Melbourne, but holy fuck, the game was sad when I saw the injury list. I'm hoping we somehow put on some spirit and win against Sydney. Sorry, Kano, about Brisbane's loss last night. I really believed. Tom, enjoy your roast. Was a good win. Good luck, Dusha, with the Bombers this weekend. Yes, thank you for your luck, Jacob. We won. Enjoy your weekends. Cheers, Jake. P.S. I would like to enlist myself in the war on Collingwood. Happy to help get rid of Eddie. My stepdad went to uni with him and said he was a tosser then too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh. mate, this family keeps giving. Oh, fucking hell. Here's another very aggressive and very fired up email. And this comes from the other side of the fucking war. We've crossed no man's land and now we're in Collingwood territory, <laughs> boys. So strap in. This is from Caden. Subject, flag pies. Oh, Gross. Hey, Tom, you clown. How's that win by the Pies tonight? You don't have to wait long to see their next win, you clown. Nice win by your soft... <laughs> nice-, <laughs> nice win by your soft cats last night. But if I was you, I wouldn't get myself worked up about that win because your premiership window is well and truly shut. Oh, yeah. Shout out to you, Tim. Hawks deserve to lose after that shithouse email. Oi, Clarko. <laughs> to be honest, don't think you're... Whore- <laughs> Don't think your hawks are any good, mate. Cop that. Flag pies. Hashtag oh, no. having a laugh. Hashtag good banter. Hashtag Sean the Shank. Kind oh, regards. God. So after all that. Fucking hashtags in an email. And then he signs off. Kind regards. 
Kados. He's back himself. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Kados. All right, mate. All right. Let me just say this to you. All right. There is this weird thing where, for some reason, both the footy media and several betting agencies uh, believe that Collingwood are still the flag favourites. Now, in multiple games this year, they have gone quarters and halves of football without scoring a goal. Tom, I've seen that up close. Right, they beat Hawthorne. Hawthorne are dog shit. Tom, uh, Tom They got Tom. smashed by Essendon. What? He, he shut you down, mate. He shut you down. <laughs> he okay. got you a clown twice. <laughs> got All you a clown. All right. All right, Kados, I'm looking forward to your apology email on Friday this yes. week after we thrash you on Thursday night. Look. Oh, war on Collingwood. I, I don't want to talk Caden up too much, but if there's one man that's emailed the show, well, actually, based on the emails of this week, Jacob, Jacob's dad, and Caden are the absolute weapons of how good's footy inbox at the moment. <laughs> Kados. They're <far>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this next one is from Malcolm, uh, and this is a shorter email. Hey, footy emperors, I'm watching the start of the Saints-Frio game, and I've noticed that Simon Black is listed as a boundary commentator. Haven't heard much from him yet, but do you think this is the beginning of his media career? Cheers, boys. Go Saints. First of all, Saints. Jesus Christ. They, um, they shit the bed big time. Yeah, so this is a game we haven't touched on. They St. Kilda shit the bed maybe harder than any bed has been shit in 2020. And there's been a lot of shit beds. Oh, yeah. Most of the beds in 2020 are full of shit. Yeah. The St. Kilda one is, like, overflowing. This is, like, no amount of washing is going to get these sheets clean after that loss. Were Freo two men down? Yep. Or just one man? Two. Two. That's pathetic from St. Kilda. Yeah, imagine losing to a team uh, when you're in front and they're two men down from, like, quarter time, Sean. Absolutely insane. <laughs> St. Kilda were six goals up at quarter time. And then just fucked it. Came back in the end to steady the ship, only for Freer to kick a goal with a minute to go, putting them six points up and winning them the game. I'd spew. So, Malcolm, sorry about that. But, uh, yeah, Simon Black. I think he's done a bit of boundary stuff before. I know he was he was part-time coaching with Brisbane for a while, and I think he worked with the women's team. And He's one of the great blokes of footy, so I hope he does a bit of boundary stuff. It'd be good. I think what's happening is that as all everything's had to shift, the AFL media are very, very strongly housed in Victoria. And so they're scrambling a bit looking for players from other states willing to do special comments, boundary writing, that sort of thing. Because I know Bruce is commentating every game from South Australia. He's been doing that since the start. I know that like that, the, the hub of where they're doing most of the commentary is still in Melbourne. So like Wayne Carey... Hamish McLaughlin, BT, they're all in Melbourne still. And they'll be like, I think Fox Footy are the only ones who are actually up there because they're up in Brisbane. Is that right? I think they're in Melbourne too. Oh, really? Are they not? So is it just is it just the boundary riders who are actually there? Yeah, my understanding is that, for instance, for Queensland games, Alistair Lynch has been the boundary rider on a lot of the games. Um, I know that he was doing like double. He was doing like... Two games in a day, he would do the Brisbane game and then the Gold Coast game. And I'm assuming that's what happened. That's why Simon Black's probably doing some boundary work. And yeah, there's been a few yep. um, unfamiliar faces doing boundary stuff, I think, because most of the commentary are back in Melbourne. Oh, there you go. So, speaking of St. Kilda, we have... Look, this almost needs a disclaimer because this has some very strong language uh, coming out of the mouth of... A friend of the show, Josie, who is a St. Kilda supporter. 
Oh no, Josie. <laughs> Josie's household was deeply unhappy except for one person this week, <laughs> if it's the Josie I'm thinking of. Lads, I write to you from Metro- the Metricon Stadium car park, having just watched my team <laughs> choke harder oh, no. than a teenager oh. giving their first gobby. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, oh, Josie. Oh, love it. Oh, I love it. Not only did I have to go to the game alone because it was a members-only thing, thanks, Freo, for having fuck-all fans making it not financially viable to do GA ticket sales, but I got my heart broken too. The six-year-old kid in the next row over from me was literally sobbing. It was some absolute <laughs> dog shit umpiring and it spawned some dog shit football. How the fuck do you blow a seven-goal lead against Freo? Oh, and I'm doing Dry July, so I also had to be sober for the whole ordeal. <laughs> if St. Kilda don't fuck off Sebros at the end of this year, I will fly oh. down to Melbourne and do a Barry Hall on our list manager myself. <laughs> it's days like this oh. where I feel like I'm in a toxic relationship with my dog shit footy club. I still love them. I'll never TC them. But fuck me. <sighs> I'm off to go see if my oh. local Maccas does drive through toast, Josie. <laughs> oh, no. Sean, we talked earlier about on Thursday night a lot of play on not 15s being called. Uh, yeah. I reckon there was one that was missed in this game that led to a very important goal being kicked. You can't tell me that that ball that went to Lockie Schultz went more than nine metres. Oh, it went up in the air yeah. a bit, Tom. I didn't see it. Oh, okay. So 12 metres with elevation. Yep. That's a very short. <laughs> it's a very short fifteen. Josie, we hope you're okay. Good luck next week. You've got Adelaide. Uh, At least your Geelong kid had a win. <laughs> Actually, that would have been an unhappy house. Those two kids yeah. would have been punching on. Mum's furious. I, from what I remember, I'm pretty sure the Geelong supporter is a bit smug. <laughs> oh, that sounds like Geelong a Geelong arrogance. supporter. Right. <laughs> Next email is to us, but also to Tim. The subject is shout out to Tim. Tim is the email from last week. Uh, he wrote a big Hawthorne email. He got fired yeah, up about the fixture in the uh, AHL, the Anti-Hawthorne League. <clears throat> oh, yeah. This That's is from right. Ryan. Dear, So subject, shout out to Tim. Dear gentlemen of the Sharon. I hope you can join me in thanking Tim for his email about Hawthorne last week. That's one of the best. Gentlemen of the Sharon. Fuck. I hope you can join me in thanking Tim for his email about Hawthorne last week. I did the maths. I weighed up how much satisfaction I get from tipping against Collingwood, which is indeed considerable, with how fucking disgusted I was with his huge sook. (laughs) Boys, I changed my tip from the Hawks to the Crows. See- Here's your thing, Ryan. You've gone after Tim, but you've just confused Collingwood with the Crows. Get your facts right, boy. Fuck. You just said you've done the math. You've done no math. No math. Fucking hell, Ryan. Proof Ryan, we value research and facts on this show, and you've fucking cooked it, mate. (sighs) Anyway, Ryan says, do I feel good about it? Not entirely. Do I need all the points I can get because I tip with my heart too much? You bet. Thanks, Tim, for opening my eyes to the Hawthorne conspiracy. Up the blues. <laughs> Ryan. Uh. Ryan, you undercut your point by getting the teams wrong, but other than that, <laughs> strong email. You undercut your point by barracking for Carlton as well. 
Um, congratulations, Tom, on the first win of the How Goods Footy Cup is Ryan's PS. Yep. Uh, well done, mate. So, again, I liked Tim's email. I rate it. <laughs> um, so, we then have another email from Ryan that just says, the Blues are back, baby, and you fucking love to see it. So, he's, he's stoked. <laughs> oh, that game was incredible. That's mm. Eddie Beth kicked four goals. Magic. Well done right. to Carlton and their fans. That's a good win. Next email is from Fahad, who is a new supporter. Hey guys, I'm from Qatar and want to get into the AFL, so I decided to support Richmond because I wanted to watch entertaining football. So what should I know as a new supporter of the AFL? Uh, Picking Richmond to watch entertaining football would have been a good choice last year, Fahad, but you may have fucked it here a bit, mate. Yeah, you've uh, yeah. you've missed it there. <laughs> They're not playing particularly exciting football at the moment. Yeah, one thing you probably should know uh, if you've selected Richmond and you want to get into AFL is that Richmond are bottoming out pretty badly at the moment. Uh, your coach is an angry fuckwit. And if oh, you yeah. don't barrack can for I- Richmond, everybody hates Richmond. <laughs> yeah. Hey, can I can I just address too, just while we're on that, two coaches have made me very angry this week, boys. Uh, they are both from the same school. So, Sean, you'll love this. They both come from Port Adelaide uh, coaching stock. So, you know, there's some, it's you know, any wonder. Uh, mm. First one, Clarkson. Second one, Hardwick. Both of them have sooked it up massively in the last two weeks. You are both coaches in the game that you are currently sooking about the state of play. Clarkson, stop whinging about the state of the game. You're the one coaching your dog shit Hawks to play slow and chip kick around. That the, the way they set up around the ball and the way they play is because you, as coach have deemed it that way. You could get them playing with a bit more flair and a bit more dash. That's on you, Clarko. Shut the fuck up. Two, Hardwick. I love I love this. So Hardwick had a crack at Longmere about the um Longmere, Longmire about the um Sydney game saying that Sydney were too defensive, had a loose man in defense. John uh, Horse, Longmire came out today and uh had a little bit of a bit of a tee back saying that if you watch the game, Sydney without all of their defenders, so were playing a very small backline, so opted to play six in the backline at all times. However, John Longmire also knows that Richmond like to send their forwards onto the ball as soon as the first bounce is done to play a spare around the ball. They didn't follow that spare. He stuck with his structure of keeping his six defenders in the backline and said that if Hardwick wanted a more even contest, then maybe he should have kept his six forwards in the forward line as well. So Hardwick, shut the fuck up. You've had a good fucking run. Yeah. He's starting to shit me, Hardwick, because he's all, he's all smiles and Mrs. Hardwick and footy's fun when he's winning. When things aren't going well, oh, I've stated the game's real bad. We want the best players to play. I want a bigger bench. Why do we have to go to hubs? Shut up. Port went to hubs and only dropped one game in that time. Lift. Dimmer. Fair enough. Fair Lift. enough. But, Tom, when Geelong lose, Chris Scott sooks it up. So, you know, it happens Not to everyone. Not as bad as Hardwick. Happens to everyone except Chris Fagan. <laughs> <laughs> and Wusher Wusher doesn't really Sook it up either I think Yeah he That's because Wusher's Checked out mentally yeah, he He's so disconnected anymore. From football He's just like Yeah cool <laughs> Hey Tom Brown He barely even knows He's there He just rolls in Every week And it's like Oh yeah I'm, I've got oh, Great How many I weeks this game? Do you think it'll be Before Wusher's Asked a question After Like during a press conference And he just Is like Oh actually I don't know What's going on With the coaching of Essendon You should probably Ask Ben Rutten <laughs> he basically did that in that Collingwood game where he was like, yeah, I don't really see much down on the bench. 
I'm fascinated by if Essendon win the grand final, who is the premiership coach? Yeah, it's a pretty interesting and weird situation at the moment because, yeah, Woosher is our coach, but Essendon is not hiding the fact that he's basically just coach in name only at the moment. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, just to Fahad, if you're not too invested in Richmond, I would consider picking a more exciting team. And I don't just mean exciting right now. I mean with the potential to be exciting for the next five to eight years. So I would say Gold Coast. a Brisbane or a Gold Coast or a Bulldogs or... Here's a controversial uh, one considering what we just said about Ryan, but Carlton are looking pretty exciting this year. Yeah, Carlton too. Yep. Yep. Um, and depending on how Acident go, they could be playing like this for the next couple of years or they could be absolute dog shit as is the way of barracking for Acident. Yep. Um, thanks to Emma Fahad. Hope Qatar is chill as and uh, you're getting some good footy coverage over there. All right. Uh, next email is from Tanil, And we, uh, against all odds, are getting very close to the bottom of this uh, mailbag. I can see my fucking floor again. I've cleared out all the letters. Tanil, Subject, the Bulldogs. Hi, footy profs. Footy is hard sometimes. Having such a young team is painful because they can be great. And then they can also lose to Carlton by 50 odd points. But there are glimmers of hope. <laughs> Namely, the kids are all right. Bailey Smith, Vandermeer, Butler, Riley West. I cannot wait until they are a little more experienced. The dreams of the future. I love my boys, but God, they are inconsistent. Also, just a fun fact. But we had five father-sons playing this week. So that was pretty great. And a sign of good culture, unlike other teams. <coughs> Collingwood. <coughs> Finally... I hope Tom pulled the muscle from standing up so much on Thursday. Don't worry, Carno. The Lions will beat them in the finals. Much love, yeah. Neil, friend of the show. Yes, I've claimed this after my last email. Uh, Masters candidate. So, I, I need to talk about a couple of things around me standing up on Thursday. Because I stood a bit mm-hmm. in that third I stood a lot in that third quarter, to be honest. I stood for marks. I stood for Gary on the run. It was exciting. Um, however, where I was watching the footy, someone was in another room not feeling well, a lot of sleep, but kind of lightly dozing. Mm-hmm. So I was doing lots of silent screaming into the air with joy and like pulling my claps at the last minute and just – so a lot more standing because like that was the only outlet I could have without making a shitload of noise. Um, so that was good. Also, just – I'm going to tie this email back to another email. Uh, to solve Adelaide Crow's problems of hair – they need to look no further than the Western Bulldogs, and in particular, Bailey Smith, who is having a huge season and has <laughs> arguably probably the best hair in the AFL. Oh, he's looking like absolute dog shit, which is making him look like absolute, <laughs> just pure class. Number one. <laughs> Do you see him get stuck in a Crips when he kicked that goal in the first quarter? Yeah. Oof. Bailey Smith. I mean, it backfired heaps, but I, I respect the swagger. Yeah. Nah, you love to see it. Also... Dogs have a lot of shit hair. They got shit tattoos. They got a lot going on. Shit coach. <laughs> Sean Carney, the only man in the world that hates Bevo. Ask me why. Sean, no, why do you know. hate him so much? I don't know. Don't know. He gives don't off know. literally the energy you love. He's just a dad. Or do you hate don't him because he's like the anti Fagan? He's like the different. Yeah, he's not. He's like they're, no, they're like he's not the anti Fagan. They're very similar. They're like rival dads. Yeah, I've got the better one. My dad's the best. Your dad hasn't won a flag yet, so steady on. He will. He will. 
It's almost like there's like a showboating dad who's put on a sausage sizzle, cooking like 40 snags all at once. Chris Fagan's the other dad just like quietly getting it done. But uh, the other dad, the showboating dad just keeps looking over, just keeping an eye on things. And you get the evidence that he's like, thinks he's like king of the park. But we all know that the other dad, Chris Fagan, he's just getting it done. And you're far more satisfied with his performance. Other dad, Chris Fagan, quietly gets around and knows everybody's ins and outs. He knows what's going on in their life. Bevo dad, he just thinks he, if he feeds you, you'll love him. And maybe you do for a while, Be- but after a while, Bevo, you don't. Bevo is on record as being like that new era of coach who knows everything about his players, Sean. Like, what is the he? fuck, man? Is he? Yeah. Well, I guess that is they what it is. They won a premiership because of it. Like, well, <laughs> Did they? Sean, there's going to be an ambush, mate. All right. Cool, man. Boys, I've picked up the last letter off the floor, and it is a big one. Subject, AHL follow-up, and this is from Tim. (laughs) Ah, Tim. Dear footy professors, I don't know if you could tell by my, ahem, controversial email last week, but I require a certain amount of passion to write, well, anything. So after I listened to Tom and Carney's scathing replies, I've reread my email, listened again, and boys, I've come to the conclusion that no, I am right. (laughs) Hawthorne have been unfairly dealt by the fixture. But also, I understand the info in the email, to be completely honest, was meaningless without context. So over Thursday and Friday, I started to organise the context to give you a peek at the whiteboard, if you will, and got myself psyched up, fully motivated to write a long, number-filled follow-up. But then, Hawthorne played a game so bad, it nearly made my eyes bleed. (laughs) Yeah, that motivation was gone real quick. I almost didn't write this at all, but due to a case of 1.30am insomnia on a Monday night, here we are. Instead of some super in-depth analysis, I'm going to give you as much as I can manage in roughly 30 minutes. So I googled who has the hardest fixture AFL, and it turns out Champion Data does a fixture analysis every year, from which I compiled the last four full fixtures, 2017 to 2020. He's done research, our weakness. Oh, fuck. <laughs> our one weakness is a single Google search, because we won't even do that. <laughs> uh, so I placed those into a spreadsheet with sources attached to the email. Spreadsheet? Yeah. It's Fuck attached to the email, too. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, Fuck him. Hang on. I love that he's like, oh, I churned this out in half an hour when I was tired at 1.30. Fuck, this is incredible. When I'm tired at 1.30, I don't do anything. I just lay in bed being more upset that I can't sleep. Yeah, <laughs> I just get angry. Once, <laughs> Once averaged out, shockingly, Hawthorne has the highest placement. And boys, it's not even close. So, Tim has now attached a whole bunch of numbers and statistics to this email that don't really make sense without looking at the spreadsheet. But boys and listeners, let me tell you, it's starting to make a lot of sense. Uh, Which is good, because I will be remembered on the right side of history as being like, Tim, I love this email. So... Tim also points out that the champion data accounts for travel in their difficulty rankings, which is why Fremantle have the fourth hardest draw despite being rubbish. So West Coast, a team with a, uh, a, lu- a team with a ludicrous amount of travel, 
who also won the flag, according to champion data, have had an easier fixture for the last four years than a team that doesn't have to travel, hasn't won a final, and missed finals altogether twice. This is all I can manage for this now. Maybe I'll come back to it someday. Maybe not. Signing off, Tim. I respect this as well, because Tim has just given us all the stats, given us a spreadsheet, given us his opinion, he's thrown it to us and then been like, you know what, maybe I'll come back to this, maybe I won't, enjoy, peace. And then Tim's fucked off. He's getting out of there. I'm looking at the spreadsheet, I'm looking at it right now. There's a lot of numbers here, boys. There's a lot of data. (laughs) Oh, I don't have, I don't know what to say about this. I respect, look, we don't do research, but when someone throws maths at us, it blows my mind. Yep. I'm pretty blown away here. Um, it seems like what now, he's I, saying stacks up. Look, I can't see the this spreadsheet because I'm not allowed access to the emails because of obvious reasons. Um, but the fact that Sean is looking at this bewildered means so would I. So I, I've got no rebuttal. <laughs> so Sean, I might have got distracted when I was looking. Did you read out what Hawthorne's rank was? No, I didn't. I um. So he's done every team, but... This is Hawthorne's rank in those four years. In 2017, they had the hardest draw. In 2018, they had the fourth hardest draw. 2019, second hardest draw. And this year, second hardest draw. <laughs> Fuck. Mental. Yeah. And this is well after the three-peat, too. Oof. Port Adelaide have had the easiest draw on average over the four years. Where's Geelong sit? Geelong sit 11th. Mm, interesting. Jeez. A lot of games at GMHBA would be the reason for that, I reckon. Last year, or this year, you had the ninth hardest draw. But you've had years where you've had the 13th or the 12th hardest draw. That is interesting. Bloody hell, there's a lot of numbers mm. here. Yeah, Tim, Tim. This is good work. Tim, I'm going to go on record and say you have silenced every critic that has come forth. Is it possible that Tim's just filled this out randomly and been like, oh, I'm just going to make Hawthorne look difficult? <laughs> Hey Sean, actually Sean, no. He, he are you prepared? He put, are you prepared to do the actual research into that to find <laughs> it if he has? Well, I actually no. don't think it'll be that hard because Tim has actually included a link. Like he's he's linked his sources, boys. I don't think you can argue with sources. Tom Brown doesn't even do that, and he's employed by the AFL. Yeah, fuck, Bloody hell. fuck, Tim, Tim, that's big. Maybe we need to call our Jets at Hawthorne, except they played disgusting football over the weekend. So they did. They made your eyes bleed, yeah. and I'm sorry about that, Tim. That's. Do you know what? I feel like you've actually served the. Not only have you come back at us with data, and that's nailed us in our coffins. You have also been punished for having a sook mm. by your team playing like dog shit on the weekend. Tim, this is rough, and uh, on behalf of the Howgood's Footy family. Just like to apologize and thank you for doing the maths and also for revealing your sources. These are big. We've never dealt with this before. This is unheard of. I've never seen sources on this show. Oh, uh, fuck. We're, well done, we're, Tim. We're ending this show rattled. Uh, whew, Tom. I'm, I'm rattled. Before I tell people where our inbox is, we want to very, very quickly talk about what's happening next week or this week. Oh, yeah, fuck. Tips for next week. I forgot about that. <laughs> so, Dusha, you're holding on to first spot by a fingernail at the moment. Um, Sean, I'm two behind you, so I'm coming. Stay there. <laughs> uh, so first game? First game. Geelong take on Collingwood. Geelong. 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 Sorry, Kados. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, you clown. You're in tr- Oh, imagine how chirpy Kados is going to be, though. War on Kados. <laughs> Bring it on. 
Uh, then we've got Essendon take on the Dogs. Dogs. Essendon. Bombers. Tom's making a Are face. Are you going Dogs, Sean, because you don't think they'll put up an as embarrassing display two weeks in a row? Is this yeah, the uh, Hawthorne rule? It's the, uh, they stand for anything. <laughs> if Bevo if Bevo is actually a good coach, the Bulldogs will win. So, go uh, Then we have Giants take on Brisbane. Brisbane. Brisbane, they'll bounce back. Like a train. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to go Brisbane as well. Uh, Sydney take on Gold Coast. Gold Coast. Gold Coast. This is ugly for Sydney because they are out without Heaney now and Kennedy as well. Mm. So, Gold Coast should win pretty comfortably. Richmond take on North Melbourne. North. Oh, this Tigers. one's tough. I think I'm going to say Tigers now, but as it gets closer to the game, this one is one I might sweat on and change. Then we got Carlton take on Port Adelaide. Port, Port. Fun fact: uh, as my brother is a Port Adelaide supporter, I've seen them play a few times. You know who a bogey side of Port Adelaide's is? Carlton. They drop games to them constantly. Like we Carlton are 18th and they're third. It's cool. Port. Port. Right. Hawthorne take on right. Melbourne. Melbourne. Hawthorne. Hawthorne. Do it for Tim. Then yeah, we have Hawthorne. <laughs> Tim deserves better. Then we have Where is that game? Uh it is at Giant Stadium. Giant Stadium. <laughs> Why am I tipping Melbourne? I won't. <laughs> Fremantle take on West Coast. West Frio. Coast. What? West Coast. And then Adelaide take on St. Kilda. At Adelaide Oval. In front of a live crowd. Adelaide. Sorry, Josie. Adelaide. <laughs> I'm tipping St. Kilda. Tom. Yes. If you want to send us an email about Tim's math or how you feel about us picking Adelaide at the end there, or, you know, you want to continue the war on Collingwood, you can do that. Uh, you can send us an email at howgoodsfooty at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at howgoodsfooty or individually. I'm at Orchard Treed. I'm at Psychic of Dowie. And I'm at Douche13. Thank you for all your emails. It was fucking big. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.